Hello, you're listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. I'm Rachel and I'm joined by Amber and Stephanie. How's it going tonight, ladies? Hey, it's going pretty good. Yeah, pretty good here. Well, sounds like everybody's having a good week. <laughs> nothing to report, nothing exciting to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, my kid's sick. I mean, not sick. She's got a fever. She'll be fine. But so yeah, I've just been hanging out with her. Mm low-key yeah yep we're just in, we just got back from Gatlinburg um oh the I, family trip yeah I went zip lining. oh my gosh I'm already looking for places nearby um Rachel I know you're familiar with Hawking Hills but uh for our listeners southeast Ohio as you're starting to get into the Appalachians there's a pretty large state park where there's a bunch of cabins and stuff and so they have zip lining out there and so I'm trying to get a group together to go Okay, inquiring minds want to know how it's hurting cats. It was exactly like it sounds. (laughs) No, it it ended up being a good weekend. Um, It was, I I wish that we could have had a few more days though. No, well that's good. Our our cabin was literally on the side of the mountain. You could see it when you turned onto the road on the mountain, but you were still 15 minutes away. Okay. It was, it was wild. I, but I, I like Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. I'm not a real big fan of like the kitschy Pigeon Forge area, but I like the cabins in the mountains. Any bear sightings? We did not have a bear sighting, but one broke into my sister's car one night. Oh, oh. Yeah. Thankfully it did not tear up any of the leather, but it shredded a coffee cup that she had sitting in her thing and left paw prints all over the leather. Wow. Yeah. Wild. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, tonight we are sharing our top 10 time-saving tips for your next Disney trip. With crowd levels increasing as Disney raises capacity and with the 50th anniversary approaching in October, we thought this could be a great episode to push out sooner rather than later so that you can use some of these suggestions. So without further ado, we'll get started. I'll take the first one. Um, I feel like most people know this, but I feel inclined to mention it, use the app to check in for your Disney resort stay. It's a very easy thing to do to get started and the app will actually prompt you to to do the check-in. The benefits to doing this, you don't have to wait around in the lobby. Um, You can enter some special requests in advance of your stay so you can indicate, you know, what floor level you might want to stay on. I believe in the past, um, I've been able to request like a pack and play or a crib via the app. I don't know if that's still on there. Uh, And then also you enter your estimated arrival time. So you could possibly get an earlier check-in by doing this. And then a texting system lets you know when your room is ready and you can go straight to your room without ever entering the lobby. Mm -hmm. So... I'd be curious to hear what you, your experiences are, ladies. I find that this, while it's a great idea and I love it, about 50% of the time it works. And then 50% of the time I don't ever get the text and I still have to go to the lobby. I think I've always gotten the text. I always have too, but I, I will give a time and we've been, we, we don't get the text sometimes until after check-in time like after three or four. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So I may be getting patient and I just go to the lobby and do the normal thing. If it's, you know, if I don't get it when I, when I want it. 
Yeah. But worth trying. And I feel like it gets better, you know, every time I do it, it seems more reliable than it used to be. Another time-saving tip, and this one might be a little controversial because it does cost money now, but I would say that magic bands can save you time. So I think magic bands are super convenient. In my experience, they're more reliable than using your phone to, for example, open your door to your room. Um, it's easier than fumbling around with a keys to the world card. They're cute with all of the different Disney options. It feels like a Disney trip when you're wearing your magic band. But like I mentioned, the con is that they are no longer free. Um, Disney is charging $10 for the basic option now. And the pricier, uh, big price goes up, the more kind of fancy designs that you choose from. They do last for a while though. Um, for 2020, I grabbed what I thought was my 2019 magic band. And it was actually my 2017 magic band and it worked just fine. You know, so I want to say I've heard they last for like three years. Yeah. Three, I think three or four years is like the max that I've heard. I think they advertise that it will last for two years, mm -hmm. but I grabbed a three-year-old one and it was, it worked just fine. And also, um, if you have an Apple watch, you can put your tickets onto your Apple watch and use that to get into the parks. It will not open your door like a magic band will, but you can use it to pay for things in the parks because everywhere has Apple pay and you can use it to get in. And if fast passes come back in the same um, way that we had them before, then I think you would be able to use your Apple watch for those as well. Yeah, and for people that aren't familiar with magic bands and might be wondering like, how does this save me time? I guess it just minimizes the amount of time you're getting keys out of your purse or you're getting money out of your purse or you're fumbling around with your tickets, you know, that sort of thing. So it's just a convenience and a time saver in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I love it. I hate when I come back home after a trip and I'm like at Target and I go to put my watch up to the, the card swiper. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. My right. big complaint with magic bands is that if you're an annual pass holder, there's nothing on your magic bands that says you're an AP holder. So if you want your merchandise discount, you have to carry your card with you. Like you can't just ding it. It won't show that you're an AP holder to get your discount. Oh, that's Same. a valid complaint. Yeah. Same I feel thing like with the Disney visa discount. You have to show the visa. Show your visa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very valid. All, All right. right. Stephanie, do you have one? I do. Um, so you definitely want to download the My Disney Experience app before your trip. And I, we would recommend practicing using the app before you travel. Um, you know, you can, you can look at wait times right now. We could, I don't know that any of the parks are open right now um, mm -hmm. at time of recording, but you can look at wait times anytime you want to. And that would be a good way to start practicing, become familiar with how to check the wait times and the show times. Um, you, there's a lot of different like filtering things. And I, there have been times, even as someone who's used it so many times that I didn't do it properly. And the wait times were not accurate because of the way I had filtered it. So just kind of playing around with that definitely watch some YouTube videos about how to get boarding passes for Rise of the Resistance. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tron ends up mm -hmm. with boarding passes. I think that might be the future for these um, 
e-ticket rides. And maybe Ratatouille too. Yeah. So one of the things to be aware of, the Wi-Fi, Disney's free Wi-Fi can get really bogged down. And even if you're not using Wi-Fi, you're in an area with so many other bodies and people using cell phones that service might be slow. So you just got to be patient with the app. Um, I I always, like as we're walking down Main Street or in the Oasis at Animal Kingdom, um, I will close the app completely out and then open it back up just so that it kind of refreshes and is, is starting over new. All right, so another tip um, is booking advanced dining reservations. Um, some people will say ADRs. I only do that if I'm typing it. <laughs> um, currently we're booking it 60 days out. It used to be 180 days. I think I prefer the 60 day booking. Don't tell anybody. Don't let Disney know. But uh, I thought 180 days was way too long to plan things out. Mm -hmm. um, but at 60 days, you should have your park pass reservations. So I would, I recommend planning your meals around your park pass. Some people prefer to do it the other way, but I would be way too nervous that I wouldn't be able to get the parks that I wanted on the days that I wanted. You want to book your most coveted meals towards the end of your stay. Be our guest, California Grill, Ohana. You can start booking 60 days from check-in and you can book for your entire stay. So if you've got a six-day trip, you can technically book up to day 66. And that's when I recommend trying to get those, you know, bigger ticket meals in. If you're doing a split stay, it's two different check-ins. So you can only book 60 days from each check-in. So that is something to keep in mind if you're looking at... Um, a split stay. When you are booking the reservations um, through the My Disney Experience website or app, that time opens at 6 a.m. The phone lines don't open until 7. Eastern. I have, yeah, Eastern time. Thank you. Um, and I, I have seen in my experience that there will still be some of those like hotter reservations still available when the phone lines open. I think they hold some of them back so that people who are not as familiar with the website and app can still get Be Our Guest an hour after everybody else has been trying. Uh, make sure that you have a plan for your meals and a backup plan. It's not, you know, very rarely do I, for myself or my clients, get everything they wanted at the exact times that they wanted. Have a credit card ready when you're booking. Um, Another tip that I just remembered, you can, when you're searching for available times, you can select breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Try doing a specific hour instead. Um, my husband and I were standing next to each other, each with our apps open. I was trying to get a dinner reservation for California Grill. He put in 7 p.m. It showed me nothing. It showed him 720. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Hey. Stephanie, this probably seems so obvious to us, but for maybe people that aren't as familiar, can you just say why booking advanced dining reservations saves time? Yeah, so you don't have to stand in line. You're already checked in. Once you get there, you know, you just give them your name. You may have to wait five or 10 minutes, but you don't have to go up to the window and say, and, and they'll tell you that, you know, you can come back or that you'll be seated in 45 minutes or an hour. Um, you already know where you're going to go. You can plan out your park day. 
if you're at um, if you're at Magic Kingdom and you have a Crystal Palace reservation at 6:30, you might choose to be in Adventureland at 4:30 and hang out in Adventureland and then just hop right on over to Crystal Palace. It does make planning out where you want to be during the day a little bit easier. And I mean, sometimes you can't even get into those places, period. So it may not be a 45 minute wait or an hour wait. It may be, sorry, we have nothing. Go look elsewhere. And then you're spending a lot of time trying to figure out where to eat. Yes. Now there is one drawback. If you are looking to make last minute changes, you will be charged $10 per person on the reservation. So try to make a little stipulation. Yeah. You can call if it's within the 24 hour window and you want to cancel, they will usually be lenient. I've had a lot of success, but you have to wait on the phone line forever to talk to somebody to cancel it. Um, so I I don't recommend it. We can, (laughs) I feel okay sharing this with our pod mother family. Um, I just modify because there's no charge to modify a reservation. So if it's the same day, that I want to cancel a reservation, even a couple hours before, I won't cancel the reservation. I will modify it to like a month away. There's no charge to modify and then cancel the one I just modified. Well, that's a good tip. I like it. All righty. All right. We're going to move on to a couple more time-saving tips the first one is or first one for me is to hit the parks before they're opening so if the park that you're going to let's say you're going to magic kingdom for the day and they open at nine um you don't want to roll up right at nine um if you could get there before opening you'll be able to get a lot more done in the first part of your day um now during the summer they were the whole park was opening, you know, 30 to 60 minutes early. They have stopped doing that. They have stopped opening the whole park and the rides like an hour early. And they've started going back to a true rope drop. However, you can still get into the parks early, but just not on the rides as early. They're going to hold people back at each land or area of the park until it's closer to the park's actual opening time. And the reason they're doing that is to eliminate that mass crowd of people at the gate that gathers before opening. So they let everyone in just so everyone can spread out. But you're probably not going to be getting on the rides 45 minutes earlier, but you can get into the park sometimes 30, 45 minutes earlier. So my personal experience with this last time we were at Epcot. Epcot is the latest park to open each day. Um, They open at 11, at at least the day that we were there, that's when they opened. Um, And we got there, you know, maybe 45 minutes early, we dinged in the gates and we knew that we wanted to go right to Soren so we could get that done for the day because that's one of the more popular rides. Going back to what Stephanie was talking about earlier, you wanna hit those rides. And then um, they held us back, like kind of close to the land pavilion. 
um, until maybe like 1045. And at 1045, they let the crowd go and pretty much everyone was walking in the same direction. Everyone was going to Soren. So we all went into the land pavilion and made our way. We were the first Soren group of the day. So we were probably getting strapped in a couple minutes before 11. Um, we were off the ride by 11.10, 11.15, went to hit um, living with the land immediately after because they're in the same building right next door to each other. So we were done with Soren and living with the land by maybe 11.20, 11.30, and the park had only officially been open for 30 minutes. So that's our personal experience. Um, your mileage may vary, but that's um, what happened with us. Um, another tip that we wanted to talk about was riding the higher demand rides either earlier or later in the day. So you want to hit the big rides either in the first couple of hours or the last three or four hours of the day. In the middle of the day is when you have the most people in the park. So those big e-ticket attractions, that's when those ride times are going to just uh, explode. So you want to do your less popular rides, um, the ones that have the lower wait times that tend to have the lower wait times in the middle of the day. Maybe also grab some lunch in the middle of the day. Um, and save those bigger rides for the first couple of hours or the last couple of hours. Now, some people will go as far as to check the wait times in the app the week before they go. Like if they're going to Magic Kingdom on a Wednesday, they check the app the Wednesday before while they're still at home and chart the wait times throughout the day. Now, that's a little extreme, even for me. So as a general rule, I just follow the rule of thumb of riding those popular rides either early in the day or late in the day. All right. So kind of going back to using the app, um, definitely want to take advantage of using mobile order. Um, order early. You can order in the morning and schedule a pickup time for later in the day. Likely right now, if you wait to order until you're ready to eat, you will not be eating for a couple more hours before the food is ready, if they're even still accepting any orders for the day at all. Um, those time slots have been filling up pretty quickly, and at least the last I heard, they are not accepting walk-up orders. You have to use the mobile order for any of your quick service locations. So. You, you do really have to plan out your day, but again, it does save you time. You're not standing waiting in line. You can order your food, um, just go right up to the counter and pick it up when it's ready and then go you know, back about your day. Um, you can look at the menus before you leave. This is a great thing to do when you're in the car, if you're driving down or in the airport, when you're sitting there waiting because you have to get there two hours early to just mm -hmm. sit. Um, that way, you know, you won't spend a whole bunch of time going through the menu trying to figure out what you want. And speaking of food, um, you can, another way to save time is use the time when you're standing in line to eat your snacks. Um, so we are now allowed to eat and drink in the lines again. So you can bring those snacks with you in line instead of taking time out of your day to 
sit and eat your snack. Now for optimal time saving, um, maybe plan when everyone in your group will get a snack instead of stopping multiple times. You know, you know how kids are. <laughs> um, one kid's going to say, oh, I want an ice cream, you know, and then an hour later, another kid's going to say, oh, I want a, a popcorn. So tell the kids, tell everyone we're getting a snack now and we're going to bring it in line to wait in this line. So that way you're not stopping multiple times. And just a note on that, you are allowed to bring outside food into the parks. So doing that can help you save some money and some time. I guess I got lucky. My kids like to one up each other. So if one <laughs> of them stops for a snack, the other also has to get a snack at that exact kiosk. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I wish my kids were like that because they like to one up each other, but they'll be like, what are you getting? I don't know. What are you getting? And it's like a competition of who's going to get the best thing. My kids will get there. They're a little bit younger than yours, but I am sure they'll get there. (laughs) Okay. Amber piggybacking on what you said about having everybody get a snack at once. My next tip has the same concept in mind, which is take group bathroom breaks. Everybody decide, Hey, let's take a break. Let's all hit the potty or whatever you call it. Um, so that you can avoid stopping multiple times and having the time wasted just, you know, on the bathroom rotation. That's a good one. Pretty straightforward. Don't need to go into more detail on that one. And (laughs) I'll just say, speaking of bathrooms, Um, we could probably do an episode on this. There are good bathrooms and bad bathrooms in all the parks. We know which ones to avoid. Um, As a general rule, your table service restaurants are going to have the best bathrooms in the parks, in the parks. Now, all of Disney, your deluxe resorts are going to have the best bathrooms, but that's that's a whole nother episode. Um, (laughs) But if you're in the parks and you have a table service reservation, then make sure everyone goes in because those are the, usually the cleanest, nicest bathrooms. Yep. All right. And number 10, the very last one, I don't know if everybody will agree with me on this, but it's a personal time saver, which is use Lyft or Uber when you are crunched for time or if you are feeling impatient about the buses. Mm -hmm. Um, My family uses these services quite a lot when we're at the park, mainly because we just want to get where we're going quicker to be able to maximize our time and our vacation. So, uh, I guess, you know, your time is important. Your money is also important. Sometimes you have to choose between the two. And Mm -hmm. so those things can be really convenient if, if it works for your budget. Now, Rachel, sorry, sorry. I was just going to piggyback on that and mention that Rachel's family usually flies. Um, that's mm-hmm. why they don't usually have their car. My family usually drives because we're closer. So kind of going along with what Rachel's saying, sometimes either driving your own car to the parks or taking an Uber will save you time over waiting for the buses. It's the worst feeling in the world when you're waiting for a bus to go to the park and there's a crowd of people and you're not one of the ones to get on the bus and the doors close and you're sitting there waiting another like 15 minutes for another bus to show up. It really is. And I'll never forget one time when we went to Disney Springs and we kind of went in the middle of a random day, like a random weekday. 
And it was the afternoon and we waited forever for the bus to come back. And, you know, it was hot and sunny. My kids were getting crabby. Mm -hmm. It just was a really negative experience. And I'm sure it doesn't happen very often, but in that moment, I was like, I'm just going to pay for the $8 Uber next time. Like it's worth it. And I will say that I've heard mixed things about Uber and Lyft and pricing lately, because I think they're taking advantage of the demand and, you know, using that to benefit their costs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's typically not terribly expensive if you avoid peak times. So of course, if you're going to go somewhere at 5 PM dinner time, it's going to be more expensive, but if you kind of time it out that, you know, you're going to try to leave around three 30, three 45, then it's going to be more reasonable. So just food for thought. All right. That concludes our time-saving tips. Hopefully these things will help you out on your next trip. And we are going to pause on trivia this week and bring another Disney fact your way instead. This episode's little known fact has to do with Epcot. And so if you've ever noticed Spaceship Earth, when it's wet, no rainwater falls off off of it. Um, the reason is, is that the iconic spaceship earth was designed so that when it rains, no water pours off the 6 million ton sphere. Instead, the water travels through a passage inside the ball and is funneled into the park's world showcase lagoon. So how's that for recycling? That's cool. I didn't know that. I knew about the rainwater not pouring off. I did not know about it being funneled to the lagoon. That's really neat. Hmm. Yeah, that was a fun That was a fun fact. It made me um, appreciate, you know, some of the thought that goes into a lot of what that park has to offer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in closing, we want to thank you for listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. We are happy to be your one-stop shop for talk and tips for Disney Universal and beyond. We'd like you to join us on Facebook and Instagram to keep the conversation going. The three of us are travel professionals with Main Street and more travel and no fee Disney earmarked agency. We'd love it if you'd reach out to us on Facebook for a free quote. Please rate, review, and tell your friends, and we'll see you real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.